Broadcasting live from one of those fancy new Kamigawa basics, this is Tap Tap Concede. Welcome everybody to Tap Tap Concede. My name is Graham. Joining me is Nelson. Hi there. And Cameron. Hi. And as a reminder, the show is brought to you by our good friends at Card Kingdom. Check out cardkingdom.com slash LRR for all your card needs. I'm sure they will be scrambling to get Kamigawa available for pre-order over over the Christmas break. I have to assume whoever's in charge of their database would love it if Wizards would just pump the brakes a little bit, but no. But they 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 strive. They 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 thrive over there at Card Kingdom, which is why we like continuing to work with them. So go check them out. Mm-hmm. Tell them we sent you. Ask for a button, and you'll get a little one-inch button, which I think still says "I foretold you so," but I'm not sure. I recommend you get the side of applesauce if you visit them in person. Yeah, it's the secret tech with the grilled cheese. Yeah, grilled cheese with the applesauce. I hope they still do that. <laughs> I haven't been there in some time. And of course, a reminder that the show is brought to you by you and your kind support of our Patreon at Patreon.com/slash/LoadingReadyRun. Last week we left off in June because this is part two of our 2021 uh, look back year in review episode, uh, finishing up at the end of this episode with some of those previews for Kamigawa Neon Dynasty, because that's chronologically uh, where that has all happened. Before before we jump in, just just a little thing. Um, on I last In the last episode, uh, I was uh, annoyed at the, the way that certain people use the, uh, the maybe it's not for you mm-hmm. phrase. The phrase, maybe it's not for you, or this product isn't for you. Uh, and a couple people in the comments took, took umbrage with that, uh, you know, theorizing it as a straw man, which it's not because I've seen people do this. Mm-hmm. But the, so that originally, and correct me if I'm wrong, and if, and if you remember, but that was originally for, I think it was the, C, the, the, the Fetchland secret lair, I think it was. It was like so like two summers ago. Really, it was yeah. like multiple hundred dollars or yeah. something. But it was at LGSs, right? That was yes. the really important thing about it. Yeah. And we, we ran the math on an episode we talked about it, and it was like, look, if you actually want to buy all these fetch lands, it's like what? It's not a terrible. Yeah, it was, deal. It was fine. Yeah, basically. it was. It was not great, but it was like okay. It was actually less money than they currently cost, but the like the price of fetch lands were. You know, every time you reprint a magic card, yeah. like the price of the card goes down. So then the new, new sealed box set looks like it's more expensive, right? Mm-hmm. But it's like if you kind of lock in the price from just before the day before they announced the new cool fetch lands box and then you add up the price of like what you could buy those cards for a card kingdom or a yellow jacket or your lgs whatever it's like the price of that secret layer yeah. is fine it's so like the same basically uh i i just i just want to talk about that briefly because um the and i please come with me on this journey Right, because I always strive, and we've said this for years on this show, for nuance. And I know that the internet discourse doesn't like nuance. It doesn't succeed to to try to get like a nuanced perspective on things. But there's a couple different aspects to it, and it's for the reason that I don't like it. The first thing is it's not useful to say. when When wizards releases a new product and it's like hey i have issues with that and someone just responds jokingly as if wizards is saying well this product is not for you that shifts the focus to that rather than addressing your actual issue with the thing if a product is too expensive or doesn't actually serve the format or the players that they think it does that's something that you should discuss and someone just going not for you just like shuts down Mm -hmm. any opportunity to actually have a meaningful discourse about what might be the problem with it and the second thing is not not every product is for every player (laughs) like that's like the second thing is that's kind of true and it doesn't feel good i think is I think is the problem. Like, I get it. I agree on some level that it's like whenever Wizards is like, hey, we've just made this thing. And it's like, oh, I I would I would have that, but I'm not I, I'm not going to buy it because it's too much or it's just I can't validate it or whatever. Mm-hmm. That, product's, that product's not for me. 
that's okay. Yeah. We, I think, generally speaking, not just in magic, <laughs> in the world, we need to be more comfortable with the notion that you can just not have a thing. Years ago, wizards made, you remember that coin? They called it a coin. It didn't look anything like a coin. It was a Jace Bellerin collectible silver coin. Mm-hmm. Big air quotes. It was like rectangular. I actually don't remember. I don't this. remember this at all. This was this was like a decade ago. They cool. called it a coin. Yeah, I don't know okay. why, because it wasn't circular, but it was like a chunk of silver with Jace on it. All right. Uh, yeah, and uh, and it was like, oh, okay, cool. I guess I am never gonna buy that. Mm-hmm. Right, and it's but I don't care if it exists. And it's that's that's I think is a is a big problem that a lot of people again just generally in the world, but particularly in the magic community, have, is that we don't like, and I say we because I do include myself in this, we don't like generally when something is created that we we could we could have, we could we could kind of want it, but can't really validate getting. Right? We don't we don't like when things are not for us. Mm-hmm. I guess it it ties in with a few things, right? There's like the collector sort of completionist angle that like a lot of us fall into in magic like a lot of people play magic a lot of magic or, players or a we, lot of people we like know to about have magic. a complete yeah we're collected there's a natural thing it's a yeah. weird human psychology thing where we need to collect right mm-hmm. uh, and people collect all kinds of things you know this so then when there's like so many products the the collector completionist uh part of your brain gets overwhelmed and burdened and you, you kind of have a backlash and the other thing I think is that like when Secret Layers first started dropping especially, but various products, it's like, you know, Wizards has said that and we all know like this product won't be for everybody and not every not every release will be for everybody. And I think a lot of the match players myself, like I want to just talk about myself personally, but probably yeah. we're on the same wavelengths. Like that took a while to sink in because you're used to if you played in like the early two thousands or even just, you know, five years ago, you're kinda of used to every set release of magic and there's only four or five a year including something that is for you, right? Like, they definitely mm-hmm. want, when they release 296 cards, and then you can draft them or seal them or standard them or whatever, EDH, like any format them, they want to have at least a few cards in there for every Magic player. Who, and that and we're used to that. Yeah. So then it's like there's a release that's like, you know, My Little Pony Secret Lair or whatever it is, or the Walking Dead Secret Lair. And it's like, oh, there's nothing in there for me, actually. And so I, that's my first time feeling that. You know what I mean? It's like a whole Magic set and no cards are for me weird right and you have to kind of figure out what to do with that and it turns out you know going through the last couple years it's like well you'll get comfortable with it after a few times and like a lot of things that r&d lets you know about we all have a knee jerk to be like oh they ruined magic you know it's like oh this Mm -hmm. new ability this is terrible ah you know and sometimes it's companion and you were right to think that but most of the time it's like three months passes you've played (laughs) with the cards another set's getting previewed and you're like oh yeah that doesn't actually matter i don't care that mana burn's gone or like, oh yeah, damage on the stack. This is fine. Like, it doesn't. No one cares, you know. Like, or, or like a few people do. It's fine. But generally, there's these knee jerks, and then we we experience what R and D has already experienced from playtesting this new mechanic or this new way the game's going to be or these new booster packs, whatever it is. And while we wanted to have an exciting reaction to it, really, we all just kind of move on with our lives, and it's fine. And I think the um, accelerated pace of releases is going to go through that same experience i think it took longer mm-hmm. for me it definitely did i mean the pandemic affected things you know because your usual interaction mm-hmm. with magic wasn't usual while this was starting to really go on like 2020 especially was a huge set of releases for magic so like now and in the coming months or maybe some people have already done it it's like you're just kind of getting used to being like oh there's like five new uh versions of cards you can get in the secret layer package and like one of them's really pretty and one of them is going to gross you out and another one doesn't look like a magic card or whatever and more more and more people i think are going to come around to be like that's fine i don't care i'm going to go draft now <laughs> you yeah. know yeah i like initially uh especially when you mentioned secret layers especially early on i was like oh man these are great but they're so expensive oh no what am i going to do right and now you I'm, think you have to buy them yeah right. and now yeah. i'm to the point where it's like oh okay cool neat those look neat not going to buy them but whatever yeah. But I've been buying one a year. I've bought two secret layers. I bought a couple. I'm actually, yeah. I got to go pick one up from the, uh, Jaren, uh, I split shipping on one of them recently. Ooh, nice. So, yeah. So it's like, I don't even remember which one it was because it was so <laughs> long ago. Shipping to Canada takes a long time. It takes so long. Yeah. Like I got the Bitter Blossom. Right. Secret layer. Oh yeah. yeah that one was sweet. And, and like, 
I don't play that bitter blossom. <laughs> right? I prefer the Rebecca Gay one. Um, well, you wanted the tokens. Did you yeah, pay like even re- 70 re- bucks of tokens? No? Yeah, okay. No. Uh, like, I'm vulnerable to it too, but I think we're all trying to operate in good faith here. We're not making excuses for wizards because no. why would we? Why would we? They don't need to do that. No. Yeah, they no. don't need us and they don't... I, I'm not interested in making no. excuses for them. Which is I, why I'd like to actually circle back a little bit to alchemy because yeah. we, t- we talked about alchemy a couple times and sort of our general consensus on it was like that it exists do not care mm-hmm. right because it's not for me at least for me personally it's not it's like fine i've played it because i played that event and it's like all right cool yep it feels like a digital tcg that is very similar to magic very very similar to magic that has a couple things that are just sort of like whoa that's a surprise cool awesome you want to do that fine and the big complaint was uh that it that it messes with historic because that's that's a bad feel when it's like no but i found the magic that is for me i found the thing that is for me and then you changed it into a different thing yeah so that sucks something we didn't talk about that also sucks because you you mentioned this. I had seen it mentioned somewhere else, but I hadn't seen a full breakdown. Was the rarity breakdown? Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because I also saw a comment. I was just catching up on comments from last week too, and apparently we didn't mention this. No, the we rarity didn't. breakdown is crazy. Yeah, well, it's it, very well, bad. It wasn't even announced. I think at the time that we made that podcast. Yeah, right. When yeah, when Cam right. and I, when you were away and Cam and I did the alchemy episode, we didn't know the rarity breakdown, and then we didn't we didn't get into it really last week. But right. it's the, it is weirdly weighted. Like it is, mm-hmm. it is not weighted in terms of like the breakdown of like rares or rares or mythics and uncommons and well, there's no commons, right? No, there are commons. Maybe there's a couple. I can't commons. remember. Anyway, the breakdown is, you know, normally it's like a triangle, right? You got lots of commons and then fewer uncommons and then rares and mythics, and this is more rectangular. Like there's way more cards at rare or mythic. Oh, yeah. Than there would be, than there should be statistically for a set of this size, and I think that's indefensible because you can't draft alchemy, so it's not like mm-hmm. it. It's not like you're keeping certain things at different rarities so they don't show up as often in in a draft. It just means that it takes more of the harder to acquire wild cards for you to get more cards from alchemy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's something that, like sixty rares and twenty commons. I don't know if we have the exact numbers. It, it, yeah, it's yeah. like that. That sucks. I, I mean, I would love to know if there's a reason they haven't volunteered one. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, because it's probably just the so that you it. It's probably like well, it's very complex and it feels like a rare. Like it, at best, at best, it is a situation where they're like, well, this feels more like a rare because of these ways that we determine that it's rares. And someone was like, well, isn't this going to be too many rares in the set? And it was like, yeah, but I mean, you know, whatever. It's like it's a digital thing. It's alchemy. You know, like we're playing around. So like best case scenario, they didn't like think about it. I'm, I am saying the best case scenario is that they didn't consider it. Best defensible scenario. Sure. Yeah, which is also bad. To be clear, I'm saying that is yeah. also bad. Right. But then, yeah, the worst case scenario is they were like, no, we're going to make them more rare so people have to spend more money to get more wild cards, which is very bad. And yeah, the economy needs a needs a real rework. And I don't know if they're going to get one. I don't know if we're going to get one anytime yeah. soon. I um, Yeah, like my thoughts on alchemy are like, usually when there's an experimental format, a labs format, mm. usually you don't have to pay a lot for it. <laughs> yeah. Right? right? Like usually the, uh, the, uh, the, the, the test build is not, not that expensive. Mm-hmm. Right. I yeah I think it's possible they didn't think about it but not very likely I think what this set looks like to me is like okay we've got all these cards we're gonna make the players pay wild cards for them so we can make money like let's call them out I think it's fine that there's a certain amount of push to like get more money out of arena players and I think that's the only really logical explanation of why all these cards are rare as opposed to being like we talked about before a, a triangle this one's more like a cone with like lots of rares and mythics and then a few uncommons and no commons something like that mm-hmm. um and the cards that are rare, like the first card I crafted was Geist Channeler, which is like a two mana one three with one ETB effect that feels like a common or maybe an uncommon. It's a cool, weird card, and blue doesn't typically get 
um, mana dorks, but it still doesn't really feel like a rare. It feels like bear with sets mechanic, to be yeah. honest, right? And bear yeah. with sets mechanic is common. Um, so, but I had to spend four rare wild cards on that, which honestly, like realizing that, like, oh, this set is a big cash grab because I am the target market. Like, I do play alchemy. Um, I've had some home streams where I'm brewing decks and I enjoy the format. I think it's neat. And like you said, it's a digital TCG that evolved out of magic. That's mm-hmm. a fair place to put it like it is magic but also it's not it's it's worth noting it's this other thing you're never going to play on paper and like it's a cool contender among legends of runeterra and hearthstone and stuff like alchemies i'm great i'm happy that alchemy's around um i'm i'm excited i'm not meh for the like creation i'm like oh yeah i'm gonna play this and i'm gonna put money into it and i would like it if uh, (laughs) wizards had been like hey we're releasing a fun new exciting game you're gonna want to you're gonna want to play it if you're gonna want to play it and you're gonna spend money on it and just like be upfront with that. Like, I honestly would feel respected more, and this might sound very strange, but like, I would have liked it if they're like every card is rare or they're half rares and half mythic, but then also give us a deal somehow. Like, say, like, you can buy the whole set for this many gems, or you know, at the during the first week of alchemy or the first time you log on since alchemy's been here, we're updating the economy or we're giving you a deal on wild cards for cal- alchemy purposes, and certainly. If the if these cards are going to be in historic, you have to just as soon as you launch alchemy, you have to give everyone a wild card for every card that they own in historic that yeah. that has been rebalanced. Mm-hmm. That's just that's just being fair to your players who yeah. have paid for these historic decks. You've got to give us all wild cards for every card we have that you rebalanced that's legal in historic. Like, yeah, it's just just rude. Otherwise, yeah, yeah it this. It's like banning your historic deck and not getting any wild cards. Yeah. Right? Like, um, players know, even when you're making excuses about how you're not owned, you, 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 you know, mm-hmm. right? right? And, like, it would have been really easy not to make alchemy players feel like chumps. Or historic players yeah. feel like yeah, games. yeah. I think it's okay to say, "Hey, the, our game costs money. Like, we don't have to, we don't have to obfuscate that. Mm-hmm. It's okay. We all know. We're all giving you money for the game. Mm-hmm. We don't mind. We just don't want to be like tricked about it. Like calling it a set makes it sound like it'll have fifty. If it has fifty rares, it'll have a hundred comments, right? You yeah. Know? Whereas it's just a. It's not a set per se. It's not like what comes to your mind we think set. It's like a box set. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. legal in alchemy. And usually those come with as we just talked about like the expensive secret layer, they come with like a small discount or they come with like a box set price. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. I would love it if we had a whole arena economy rework. Alchemy doesn't need to be the like scapegoat or whatever for that. It's just a really good way of highlighting it. Mm. Um but it'd be great if the whole arena uh, economy had a rework. That's a different conversation we don't need to have right now. But certainly alchemy yeah, it just just feels bad. Yeah, right? I I I I I don't like, and I know why, but I don't like that they use a bunch of you know the the techniques that have been developed over the course of mobile gaming to yeah to obfuscate how much money things actually cost. I would love it if it was you know like much more direct. Like if you can afford it, the best gem per dollar deal is the hundred dollars for twenty thousand gems. You know, yeah, and the one that they kind of hate that too. Yeah, the one that <laughs> yeah. they label as most popular, which is like the twenty dollar one, it's not a great deal compared mm-hmm. to you know. And so if you can afford to, then like a couple times a year, if you put like a hundred dollars, and I know this is a lot of money, if you put a hundred dollars into like the twenty thousand gems, your gems will go further because you're getting more gem per dollar. And it's like, why just make it? Why do we need a poverty tax in our gaming? Yeah. We already have poverty tax in real life. Like, the, yeah. if you don't have a good credit card or whatever, you don't get the, the best, like, cashback, you pay more for your stuff. Right? Yeah, and we just kind of accept that. Yeah. As and, natural. And we don't need it in Arena. Yeah. No, we don't need no. it in Magic the Gathering. We already have it in the rest of, like, everyone who's, like, jamming that 20 bucks every time they can afford to, like, is already paying more for their life than everyone who jams the $100 once or twice a year, right? And it doesn't need to be that. I don't mind. Like, I'm, yeah, sorry. Yeah, player, no, I mean, it. we just yeah. kind of accepted it I didn't natural. realize how mad I was about I the yeah. discount on arena gems. Yeah, no. It's but weird. So we just accept it. it as, like, a fact of nature mm-hmm. that if you can afford to drop $100, then your money is worth more. Right. 
We don't. We need to stop doing that. That's not yeah. true of arena. That's true, true of yeah of yeah. of all kinds of things. Yeah, in life. exactly. It's true of all kinds of things in life, and it doesn't need to be there. But what if what if it was two dollars? This is the picture, by the way. This is the. For, I'm sorry. Oh, this is the coin. I'm sorry that you can't. Maybe James, could you go to camera seven for a second? This is the. This is the Jace coin. This is the this is the front. This is the obverse. It's got it's got QE two on it. It's, really? It's it yeah. It's 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 a New Zealand two dollar coin. Whoa! But it's rectangular. But it's rectangular. What in the good? And it's made of. It's an ounce of. How did I not hear? About it's an this? ounce of silver. This was in 2013. I don't know. They announced it on like Daily MTG, and everybody was like, "What the hell?" Yeah. It's yeah. Like, it's like the pet announcement in Arena. Finally, the thing that you've been waiting for. Friends list. Pets. What? <laughs> yeah. So, uh, anyway. Yeah, you want to want to improve the play blade, and you want to make the the arena UI easier to navigate and more like, yeah, just quicker for all the players and better for everyone. Just take out all of the options for gems except the good one, and then make it just scale up. Just have a scroll bar for how many gems you want to buy, and charge us the same price for gems that you're currently taking a hundred dollars for so or charge less that'd be okay too to we can quite smoothly get back on track with this actually because okay. where where we left off the last the end of our last episode we, we were doing the 2021 year in review and we left off at june 18th which was the release of modern horizons 2 july 1st is where they announced that they were pausing or putting on hold for an unspecified amount of time the development of pioneer masters Oh, right. I didn't remember that. Okay, and yeah, because they they'd said that they were gonna do we'll do uh we'll do a Pioneer Masters and we'll get Pioneer on Arena, and it's still not on Arena. This you know it was gonna be combining cards from all the sets currently legal in Pioneer, pulling them together into a single set for limited limited and constructed play. And it was supposed to be around at the end of 2020, but was pushed back in 2021 for more play testing. And then in uh, July it was it was put on hold, and they they were like we don't have um it it was stated that wizards schedule did not have room to focus on growing a unique identity for historic while fully supporting pioneer at the same time so that's a shame because a lot of uh, i mean again a lot of sort of the feedback that i've seen on this alchemy historic interaction is people being like okay if that's how it's going to be then give us Pioneer. If you've decided that Historic must be a live format because it's only Arena and it makes more sense to you that Historic and Alchemy live in the same space of live Arena formats, then give us Pioneer so that we have Standard and Pioneer so we have a non-rotating extended format on Arena. And Tumbleweeds, currently. That would be cool. Right? Yeah, that sounds like a thing that they were going to do anyway that would put a bunch of these concerns we had about i mean not entirely but some of them to rest it'd be nice at least if they did because they said they were going to do it mm. that would be cool yeah so santa for christmas <laughs> this year i mean we've already and had world hunger just kidding yeah. we already had the 2022 announcement day but they don't typically announce that's usually paper products. Like right. they didn't. Alchemy wasn't announced until Alchemy a week wasn't before. Announced. <laughs> yeah, uh, but like when they did like Amonkhet remastered, like that wasn't part of the 2021 announcement day. So the arena stuff operates on a different cycle. So they wouldn't have mentioned Pioneer Masters during that event, even if that was the case. But also, who knows if it's the case? Uh, further bad news at the end of June. Uh, oops, I skipped over. Sorry, June 29th was that. Uh, that was when they announced that Magic Legends was being canceled. Uh, oh, right. four months after the open beta. We did talk about that last week, though. Yeah. 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 July 23rd was the release of Dungeons & Dragons Adventures in the Forgotten Realms, a Magic the Gathering expansion. Magic the Gathering is a Richard Garfield game. Uh, it's just so many words. <laughs> AFR, as it's lovingly called by people who have to time, need time to do you things to talk in about their day. More than once in the same sentence, it definitely becomes AFR. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and... and Unlike many other acronyms uh, that are commonly used, this one actually has fewer syllables than the proper name itself. Mm -hmm. Unlike GW. <laughs> yep. The the I actually I'm fascinated by the development of this because according to Mark Rosewater, 
they were like, because it took the place of the core set. There was no core set 2022. And according to Mark, they were designing it, or I think it was Mark. Maybe Gavin. I can remember. I'm not sure exactly Gavin's who talked about, about this, it, yeah. but they were talking about how they were designing it and they were doing it as a core set, but they kept sort of, they, they reached a, a tipping point where there was stuff that they wanted to do that was too complex, too complex, pardon me, for the way that they typically like to keep the core sets more accessible. And they went, what do we do? Can someone please make a call on this? And the call came down that was basically like, okay, you know what? Just make it, make the best Dungeons and Dragons set you can. It'll release in the window of the core set, but you, you are not limited to making it a core set in terms of complexity. Uh, which I think is that 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 must have been a series of interesting discussions internally, but I'm glad that they did it actually because I mean, I I I quite liked the set. Okay, asterisk the fact that draft sort of solidified on if you're not red black you're gonna lose that not not great. I weirdly like that way more than if you're not blue mill you're gonna lose <laughs> well, yeah. way more. At yeah. least getting yeah. punched by a bunch loved, of goblins was less demoralizing my, than getting my, your deck. Yeah, my creatures out. active trees and more than getting my deck milled out. Yeah, but the 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 set. I I mean I've been playing D and D for years. I've been playing Magic for years. This just I I think they nailed it. I love the flavor words. Mm-hmm. The like the the what spell the, this is or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I. <laughs> Realizes it's like maybe that'll be confusing for new players because it, it was this was I recorded a crack a pack recently spoilers where there's a we got a mind flare which has I can't remember what the, it's like dominate mind, yeah dominate right person and, or something yeah and it's whatever it says on it I think it's dominate mind and it's like oh dominate monster right okay. so and it's just gain control of a creature and you can imagine a brand new player being like oh I wonder how many other cards have dominate monster <laughs> and it's like well none. There are other cards that do this, mm-hmm. but yeah. not, they don't say dominate monster. That said, I, I love the flavor words. Um, I like that they brought back treasure. That makes perfect sense. I, a lot of questions about the dungeons leading up to the release of it. I thought the dungeons were sweet. Yeah, I, I don't know. The dunge- like, I got the dungeons yeah. right away. Uh, yeah. It had dungeons. It had dragons. Paul made that yeah. incredible sound effect. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there's very few feelings in a game of limited as dangerous as your opponent flopping a turn one barbarian class. Oh, yep. And just being oh, like, oh, oh, well, I guess oh, no. I'm going to have time to go to the bathroom. <laughs> Do you did you know that the the on arena that there was a system in place for if you had to roll like a preposterous number of d20s? No. Oh, like so cuz if you, if had you Delina or something. Yeah, or? if you had Barbarian class and there was the Pixie guide, I think it right. was, mm-hmm. and then you like you did like a Delina attack and the Pixie guide and Barbarian class both say if you would draw or if you would roll a d20 then you roll or a roll a dice and you a die. If you would roll a die then you roll an additional kind of die. Anyway, you roll another one. Mm-hmm. And so it's like what if you just have like a Pixie guide then you roll two dice and you see them on the screen they go like roll roll. This one's bigger. And then that goes to like three and four and five. And I don't know what actually the threshold point is, but I definitely saw some videos of people who had like a lot of barbarian classes and pixie guide. I think that was that they were making multiple copies of pixie guide with Delina. And so they had like, you know, a dozen or whatever pixie guides. And then when they would roll a dice, it was just like a handful of D20s being flung across the, <laughs> the, the, the board. It was just like D20s flying everywhere. And then the game would go, this one was the highest. <laughs> nice. It Found the twenty. Yeah, yeah. I thought that was that was pretty sweet. Hmm. It the, was possible to win too. It didn't feel like you were totally locked into red black, but you should try to get into red black. Yeah, I think the bots did also get better at it as the. It felt like it anyway. Mm-hmm. I guess I mostly play traditional and drafted with people. August sixth, they released the twenty twenty one arena starter kit. And if you don't know what this is, I would not be surprised. I opened one for a future episode of Crack-A-Pack because I saw one at London Drugs and went, what is that? Hmm. What the heck is that? London Drugs, by the way, is a Canadian... It's like a... It's like store. a CVS. It's like a small Walmart, I yeah. guess. Yeah, like a CVS. It's like a drugstore, but they sell like 
cameras and kitchen items and toys and computers. Yeah, yeah. All, yeah. they repair. Yeah. They're an Apple. Yeah, they're support. an Apple store. Yeah, yeah. It, it's they. London Drugs has a, does a variety of stuff. Anytime this is mentioned to someone who's not from Canada, they're like, "Sorry, what's it called?" There was, we had to phone in like a computer repair, and they were like, "All right, well, we'll just book you in at a Apple certified." Uh, retail like I was talking to a Apple tech and she was like there's a lot of places in your town called London drugs and my system is telling me they will repair your laptop and I was like yeah 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 <laughs> she's like okay we'll book <laughs> you in there then I guess anyway the arena starter kit is two decks it's like a bunch it's two pre-constructed decks they each had like five rares and they're designed for like you and a friend to fight with cards. And then also there is a code for each of you to get all those cards on Arena. Oh, okay. Heads up, duplicate protection does not work. I was oh, okay. dismayed to discover. because I was just the list of cards? You well, don't get gems or whatever? Yeah, because I was like, oh, I have four of each of these rares. Actually, I spent a couple wild cards to make sure I had four of each of these oh, rares. Because I was like, oh, no. I was like, 10 rares, right? That's like 200 gems. Right. No. No. Damn. I submitted a, I was like, I submitted a support ticket. I was like, hey, this didn't work. And they're like, no, it doesn't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, oh. Speaking of feel bads. Great. Yeah. <laughs> didn't, didn't like that. But it, yeah. Anyway, were the decks okay? Did you play with them at all? Didn't play with them, but they right. they looked like they looked good. They had some like decent cards in there too. Sweet, you know there was like two two of the rares were foils. It was like Cyclone Summoner and Dragon's Guard Elite. Yeah, hmm. so it was like blue, blue black blue Magecraft. Or yeah, blue or, black or Magecraft. Magecraft. Okay, and then red, blue, giant wizards. Nice. Hmm. It was fun. Look, I have one in my me. purse that I'm planning to send to my nephew for Christmas. Oh, awesome. Hopefully, well, I'll be able to get it there on time. Uh, also, the Adventures in the Forgotten Realms gift edition bundle, which was the like fancier bundle. Okay. Anyway, August 12th, Jumpstart Historic Horizons. This was another mm. one of the, the arena announcements that's like, by the way, we're doing this next week, right? It was like, it felt like a big surprise. So it was... But then it got pushed back. Because they didn't they announce at the beginning of the month, and then they had to push it back two more weeks. Oh, and then we got free drafts. Yes, that was fun. Yeah, yeah. we had rotating I, old. I like drafts. the free drafts. Free drafts. Yeah. I think so. Let me. Yeah, um... they had to push back three weeks, right? Because we got three different free drafts on Arena as they yeah. quickly moved through a couple of different things. That's not noted here. That was a decent silver lining. Yeah, the free drafts was good. Maybe we're still within the window that they'll be like, Alchemy, by the way, wild cards. So it's only three weeks ago. Jumpstart, to say something nice about Arena, Jumpstart on Arena is tremendous fun. Yeah, love Jumpstart. Yeah, love fun. Jumpstart, I just firing gold into a pit to be playing more Jumpstart. And then this was Jumpstart with new and cooler cards. So I was like, all right, great. Still fun. Still very much enjoyed, enjoyed Jumpstart. So this was cards from Modern Horizons and Modern Horizons 2 including the 31 new to magic cards that were printed for those so it's like some some it's cards from Modern Horizons and Modern Horizons 2 and then some jumpstart ones as well so this you know f was a big it's called Historic Horizons because it was like jumpstart but also adding a new bunch of cards to Historic um, so and Gladiator and Gladiator I was about to, I was thinking about Gladiator as well now this is where we got those 10 uh, digital-only designs. Mm -hmm. So this was the beginning of that with Seek and Perpetually and Conjure. Um, so, oh, no, there was more than 10. Why did I say there was only there was 10? There like 30 cards total, right? There's only three new mechanics, five Planeswalkers. Why did I think there was... Why did I have in my head? there was? I'm thinking of... I'm conflating this with something else. But yeah, yeah, yeah. There was stuff... Yeah, baffling defenses and... Yeah, probably like the most Davriel's withering. That's what I was yeah. gonna say. The yeah. most note noteworthy card was Davriel's Davriel's withering. And Davriel probably, himself. Yeah, we're probably not gonna have the date on it, but they ended up they've already rebalanced Davriel's withering because they wanted to take that deck out of historic. Uh, you can't target your own creatures with Davriel's withering anymore, but you used to be able to target your Vesper Lark. And yep. the problem was that this deck didn't actually reach like super high 
competitive top tier uh, power level in historic ever. I don't think. I mean, it was fine. You mm-hmm. could definitely ladder with it. You could get to mythic with it. But like, I don't think it was in contention for top historic decks. But uh, it created an unresolved loop. Like, if mm-hmm. you you could either win the game if you have a blood artist out. Or you can draw the game. And I think the arena developers just didn't want anything that draws mm-hmm. the game. Yeah, 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 exactly. Drawing the game is like, it sucks. Right. Also, I'm glad that they banned that one in... There was a couple that they banned in Brawl or Historic oh, okay. Brawl. Because yeah. like, Davriel's Withering could just make someone's commander, commander right. just never just go away forever. It's like, oh, your two toughness commander perpetually gets minus one, minus two. You can never resolve it. Well, you can resolve it, but then it state-based actions. So, Also, yeah, weirdly, so the conjuring, there are, there's like seven cards that exist on Arena, kind of, that can only be conjured right. by the cards in Jumpstart Historic Horizons. Mm-hmm. Stormfront Pegasus, Force Spike, Kraken Hatchling, Ponder, Assault Strobe, Fog, Regal Force, and of course, Tropical Island. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> there is that merfolk that can conjure a tropical island. And it's like, what's Tropical Island doing on my arena? That's weird. <laughs> so, yeah, that was, that, I mean, it was still fun. Yeah. Yeah, enjoyed that. And that infusion in Historic, people were mostly excited about mm-hmm. and, and like met with, like, you know, warm regards like you can have a massive uh, impact on a format obviously without all the players getting mad so yeah. i wanted to jump in and say that mm-hmm. because alchemy was kind of the opposite yeah hmm. then we move forward through announcement day on august 24th to september 24th were for the release of innistrad midnight hunt so we knew i don't know how long ago we knew this but it was teased as innistrad werewolves and innistrad vampires which I think was a disservice. Mm-hmm. It did a disservice to the final product because it gave people. Uh, they should have just said it's two Innistrad sets because it it gave people the expectations that one was like the werewolf set and one was the vampire set, and clearly that is not strictly speaking how it worked out. One certainly focused more on werewolves, and one certainly focused more on vampires from a story perspective but both sets had both things and it was not like midnight hunt was this banger of a werewolf set mm-hmm. you know and it, even even crimson vow is not like vampires all the way down though I, I think maybe maybe vow feels a little more vampiric than midnight hunt felt were werewolfian <laughs> werewolfen yeah i think like werewolf the the Celestis and the Harvest Tide Festival and the Hunt mm-hmm. felt more like they're affecting all of the parties of um of Innistrad equally. Whereas yeah. the the wedding of Olivia and Edgar is like it's vampires that are at this wedding. Like there might be humans there, but we're gonna eat them. Um and this is a wedding for vampires and the werewolves aren't invited to the wedding. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it's like ex- more exclusively vampire set than the first one was. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean they did come with their own mechanics, you know, like Midnight Hunt came with a uh, revision of how werewolves work with day mm-hmm. and night, and it also came with, um, oh, sorry, I just had it in my head. Decayed? But... <laughs> no, that's, that is up there. Yeah. <laughs> that would be the that would be my keyword right now, 2021. Right? That's incredible. <laughs> uh, no, I thought there was another thing that was werewolves exclusive that was part of the mechanics, but maybe it's just oh, day and night that I'm thinking. Yeah. But then Crimson Vow came with blood tokens. Mm. Sort, of, sort of like, mm-hmm. they have these mechanics that belong to the tribes, kind of. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Did you like that? I did. I, on that limited set? I thought it was pretty good. Yeah, I what, what I liked about it is that very quickly it was determined by, you know, like, People like LSV, for example. It was mostly LSV himself, right? That, yeah. yeah, that blue-black zombies was a very, very good uh, limited deck to the point that he did an entire stream where he did nothing but just forcing blue-black and, like, barely dropped a game. Just went, kept putting up sevens. This was in the first week of the of the format being out on Arena. And there was worry that this was going to be AFR again. That right. it was like, well, if you're not playing blue-black zombies, then you're going to lose. And... That was not the case. The draft self-corrected, as they are supposed to do, and there was actually a wide variety of decks that managed to be to be successful. Yeah, I got Blue seven wins in the fam jam with red-green werewolves. Right? Ha-ha! Mm-hmm. Right? That was like, oh, all right, cool. The system works. 
I think my favorite deck was Green White Humans coming out of that set, but I played yeah. a lot of Blue Black and won a lot. Of blue, yeah, Blue Black as yeah. well. I um, I don't know. This felt like the stealth relaunch of the two set block, mm -hmm. um, and felt a lot more successful to me than previous ones have been. Like this wasn't uh, this wasn't God Journey into Nyx. Oh yeah, right. Like the second or block of Theros, born of the gods. Born, born of, the, of gods. the gods. Both those sets were pretty disappointing, and those yeah. were, those were the sets specifically that like uh, Morrow, I think, had articles or a yeah. video explaining like, okay, so these sets, like, it's how these went, makes us want to stop doing blocks, right? Because it's hard to yep. figure out how to give enough juice to the second and third sets and still have the first set be good. Yeah, give them the juice. Hey, I just had a thought. Speaking of blocks, though, it's like uh, the release of Innistrad double feature. Mm. hasn't happened yet and isn't happening this year right Correct. so it's not on this year's recap but we've talked about it it's been all spoiled uh it's every card from both sets yeah and yeah. so what if because we didn't encounter this possibility yet because we've we've kind of lambasted wizards for uh all the various things that could have happened internally to come up with this decision right but like what if it turns out they were always planning to do every card from both sets and then they designed two halves of a whole set that'll be an amazing draft experience it's probably not possible if you're going to put Bramble Armor in both sets, but <laughs> but I, I I at least engaged in the thought experiment that about would it, be, right? That would yeah. be cool. Yeah. Hmm. If you're like, if you're going to say like oh, maybe it's a stealth, you know, extra block, it's like oh maybe it's a stealth big set. Yeah, it's maybe. a 500 card set that they just carefully weeded into two like lore events that were happening. I I like the idea of an equal but opposite conspiracy theory that makes them look smart. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I like the idea of that existing. Yeah. I don't. I, in this case, I don't think it's true. Yeah, I don't but, think it's true. But I, <laughs> I love. I love as a thought experiment. I love the idea of. And again, this is this is not just about magic or Wizards of the Coast. Just in general, I, I'm I'm now in love with this brand new idea, new idea to me of that you come up with a competing conspiracy theory, but that makes the people involved look like like really intelligent and like well i mean that like they're kind of going the in like beneficial most right. conspiracy theories right? okay it's not like, intelligent um uh, uh, benevolent or benevolent right yeah. oh, okay benevolent. benevolent right yeah because yeah, yeah, most yeah. conspiracy theories are based on the idea that the people in charge are way more competent than they really are right yeah yeah <laughs> that we didn't way just get here resources. by accident mm -hmm. yeah exactly yeah <laughs> and they know what they're doing <laughs> they knew what would happen when they did something yeah yep <laughs> The release of Midnight Hunt also marked a pretty important shift in standard because this was the rotation out of Corset 2021, Ikoria, Lair Behemoths, Theros Beyond Death, and Throne of Eldraine. Yeah, such an important standard set. Way too powerful. Um, but yeah, you don't have to get stomped anymore. Yeah, no more whatever that thing. I only know stomp now. I don't remember the name. In contrast to most <laughs> like double-faced or adventure cards, uh, something giant, right? Yeah, Bone yeah. Crusher Giant. Bone Crusher, Crusher giant. giant. Yeah. God, thank you. You don't have to get Petty stolen anymore either from the Vendelian Clicked Sides Fairy. Yeah. Yeah. The... Uh, yeah, you never have to watch that little bastard fly across the screen anymore. Yeah, you don't have to have your opponent cast their whole hand over two turns and with Fires of Invention and Standard anymore. <laughs> yeah. Although that, like, that got banned somewhere along the way anyways, didn't it? I think that I think that one got banned. Like, Which one? Fire's Invention. A I few think cards. it got banned in Historic. Oh, uh, maybe it didn't get banned. In maybe it got banned in Standard. I don't remember. I thought Fire. Yeah. I thought Fire's got banned in Standard. I maybe, think it, maybe did. it did. Maybe it did. I think it did. Yeah. Sorry. I don't. I, don't I remember really, that card being really important, but not near the end of the format. Yeah. Any, I didn't play a lot of that Standard in the last six months. It was around because it was like what new set came out or something like. Um, you know, call time came out, and then the next week, Sander was like, "Yeah, okay, same decks." <laughs> and yeah. I really liked Call Time Limited, but then I like yeah. checked to see it was like. Is anyone winning with something that plays like a lot of call time cards? Like, not really. No, you got to keep what playing your Throne of Eldraine yeah. cards a lot. Yeah, yeah oh. that Ulren's Epiphany took over. After yeah, that card right? mattered yeah. for sure, but it wasn't like call time didn't feel like it had a big impact. Yeah, but no, now yeah. it does. Right, yeah. Now, now yeah, you can play no. call time cards for sure. Yeah, but yeah. until Eldraine came out, it was, or until Eldraine rotated yeah. out, it was like same liver, different eagles. Yeah. Right. Speaking of, of call time, by the way, that reminds me. Because it was the snow was back, and that was great fun. I know we talked about Kaldheim last episode, but uh, pro tip: the secret lair for the pixel mm -hmm. lands, the like window, the old like Windows three or whatever like MS Paint looking pixel 
uh, basic lands. Those are great. We talked about them on a previous episode. They're on Arena. They're available as a cosmetic purchase for some number of gems, which I did, not realizing they are snow-covered, hmm. so I can't use them in draft. Right. Sorry, pal. Yeah, and I don't play much constructed but next time I wish you, see, you could trade them to me next time you yeah. see me play brawl on uh on on stream i'll be uh i'll, I'll be using them uh, hopefully no one has so scred what's so up? i i made the same mistake as you oh yeah uh, luckily oh. i did it on the loading ready run account dang so. it nice. <laughs> nice next time surge plays nice. gladiator <laughs> october 8th was the world champs uh yuta takahashi Taking home uh, worlds for as world championship twenty seven, dang, not bad. And then November nineteenth, uh, like right after, during Desert Bus, actually, no, no, the day after. Anyway, it, it is Innistrad Crimson Vow. It's release dates. It's that's the paper release date. It's very odd for us in particular. I mean, for everyone, it comes out on Arena like a week and a week ahead of time. But for us also, because of the PPR, we've been looking at these cards for like weeks ahead of this. So it always feels weird. When <laughs> there was during Desert Bus, there was a prize for that included like it was like a just a whole bunch of magic stuff, including a pre release kit of Crimson Vow. Mm-hmm. And Erica was talking about it that it was gonna be given away. And I was like, Can we do that? Can we ship this yet? Because <laughs> it was like two days before release right and i heard pre-release kit and i was like really still <laughs> yeah who wants a who, who wants a pre-release kit of that set like, that yeah, came out three set, weeks like, ago yeah, yeah. It's yeah. Like, <laughs> turns like, out it was fine but yeah. still right and it turns out a lot of people do because it was because it hadn't even come yeah. out for two more days <laughs> yeah. like just yeah. like in this time time warp yeah I've banged this term a lot of times, but I really wish the arena date was like after or during the pre-release. Yeah, I wouldn't. Yeah. Ma- I wouldn't mind if it was like pre-release, so it's still a week early that you can play on an arena. But I really just like showing up to like the Saturday morning pre-release, and like there's some kid who's already jammed thirty drafts before you've read the cards. Yeah, I hate that. And then finally, uh, before we get to Kamigawa, was the uh, was the the Innistrad Championship. Which was I'm trying to find it here. And uh, what formats was that? Yuki Ichikawa. This was um, historic yeah. and standard. Historic and standard, right? Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, that was on December fifth, and uh, then Alchemy, which we've talked about. Excuse me. <coughs> Pardon me. Yeah. Then they released Alchemy on the ninth, and I think we've. <laughs> given that enough air this week uh and then that brings us to just the other day when they started talking a little bit about kamigawa neon dynasty because it comes out uh at the end of january early february looking to looks like it says february 18th on scryfall oh okay oh i'll get a little bit of a little bit of breathing Breathing room room. oh okay i was gonna guess nothing in january January. oh boy nothing absolutely no releases in january (laughs) None. <laughs> Not a one. We're going to make it happen. No, that's I mean, not I true. I mean, I still want to play Double Feature. Yeah. I still want to play Double Feature is the uh, 28th, according to this. Oh, okay. So, so it's actually... Still, it's, it's still more than a month between now and, and the next, the next like, Paper Magic release. Does yep. it even give us like a Friday that's not the pre-release to play Double Feature before... Oh, we'll figure it out. The PPR happens. Okay, we'll all right, it out. All right, all right, we'll all right. be fine. But right. uh, Neon Dynasty, these cards look cool. The Planeswalker looks sweet. I love his little uh, or their little um, robot raccoon. Everyone yeah. loves the little robot. Let's raccoon, take a look right? at the at the new Planeswalker. Also, speaking of Planeswalkers, the Wanderer featuring heavily in some key art. So we assume that the Wanderer is also going to be involved. Ooh, okay, but yeah, this is Kaito Shizuki, one blue black for a three. Loyalty Planeswalker. Static ability. At the beginning of your end step, if Kaito Shizuki entered the battlefield this turn, he phases out. So the first turn, he's mm-hmm. he ninja vanishes and can't be hurt. The first so you can mm. play him on an empty board if you must, because he can't be hurt the first on on right, the, their right. first attack step while he's out. So that's neat. Anyway, three loyalty, plus one, draw a card. Then, discard a card unless you attacked this turn. 
I like that. I like the encouraging yeah. encouraging combat. These first two abilities are great. Minus two, create a 1-1 one, one blue ninja creature token with this creature can't be blocked. So we'll, we'll get to minus seven in a second. So I guess you play on three, you make a 1-1. One, one. So minus Kaito to one loyalty, Kaito phases out and can't be attacked. Then on your next turn, Kaito phases back in. You attack with that 1-1 one, one that can't be blocked, and then you plus Kaito to two loyalty, and then you draw a card, and presumably you get to then play another play a play a blocker. Play, play a blocker. That's right. a good cycle. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's a nice little play pattern. Or there. or you attack with a ninja and presumably are able to ninjutsu something in. Oh Maybe, yeah. yeah. And just land a hammer blow. Yeah. Right. Right. Like a four ninjutsu uh creature. Zerath San. It's sometimes like a five or six mana creature normally. Yeah, that's like going to be a hammer stats, blow. Right? Yeah. Uh, uh, Kaito also has minus seven. You get an emblem with, whenever a creature you control deals combat damage to a player, search your library for a blue or black creature card, put it onto the battlefield, and then shuffle. Good lord. Wow. I actually don't think that emblem is that great. I don't know, as far as minus seven emblems go. But I this guess. is a three mana planeswalker. Yeah. You still have to three. swing through, right? Sure. Yeah. Like, you have to have a token. Yeah, I yeah, like the, the showcase frames. This is this is very cool looking. Right. How many different arts are there for this planeswalker? Uh this is the fourth one I've seen. <laughs> okay. <laughs> also, I this is my first time seeing the expansion symbol, which is a it looks oh, like it's a sunrise behind a mountain. Yeah. It's a very, you know, Fuji like looking mountain. Actually it looks like it's two two peaks, but yeah. Mm. That's uh three if you count the sun peeking out from behind it. Ha ha ha. But yeah, no, this is uh, that's that is very cool. Yeah, our friend uh, Daniel Holt, um, very I think maybe designed it. it, or it's just the set he's been working on. I'm not sure if he helped with mm. this expansion, but he tweeted about it, and it's supposed to be like, yeah, mountains that are glitching out. Uh, right? I don't remember what pre-release he came up here for. I just, all I remember about it was that he's very, very, very excited about Kamigawa in general. Mm. So, uh, gosh, if we if we get things lined up that we can do PPRs again and we are able to have guests. Boy, that would be nice to have him back, but who knows the state of things. Not us. What else what else did they spoil? Ooh. Ooh. At Sushi, the Blazing Sky. Two red red for a legendary dragon spirit. A four four with flying and trample. I'm already on board. Four four flying trample for four. And it's a dragon. Great. Yep. When, Trades with Sarah Angel. Yeah. <laughs> when at Sushi, the Blazing Sky dies, when that happens, Cam, mm-hmm. right. choose one. Exile the top two cards of your library until the end of your next turn. You may play those cards or create three treasure tokens. Hmm. That's yeah. hot. Yeah. That's a nice dragon I'm right there. Yep. That's spicy. Ancient tomb mana. Mm. Oh, mm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Good old yeah. ancient tomb mana. Oh, right. Yeah, Hidetsugu. I've already been hearing about this one. The Don't de- you worry. Don't you worry. I've already heard about Hidetsugu. <laughs> the demon himself. Hidetsugu devouring chaos. Three and a black for a 4-4 ogre demon. Legendary. For a single black, sack a creature, scry two. Ah, I see why you've heard about this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or two and a red and tap and exile the top card of your library. You may play that card this turn. When you exile a non-land card this way, Hidetsugu Devouring Chaos deals damage equal to the exiled card's mana cost to any target. Yeah, that I what? that is honestly pretty spicy. You that's, get to burn them and play it. Yeah. yeah. That's wild. Okay. Oh, yeah, and then this is the... Also a purple one instead this of a black the, one. This is the neon treatment showcase, which there is some sort of like different rarities of neon. So, yeah, so I don't think this one... Is technically neon. It's it's hard to tell. I feel like these four are neon, and apologies to the listeners only. But you've got the red, the green, the blue, oh, and like the yellow thing. Huh. And if you look on the website, so unlike the soft glow treatment, you'll find a variety of cards. This neon ink treatment is exclusive to these four versions. So the ones that we just showed you. Um, each showing off a new-to-magic foiling process to make a card feel truly like it is glowing. These will be prized fine for players and collectors, and three of these colors are found only in the collector boosters. Less than 1% of boosters contain a neon ink card. 
There are about half as many green ink cards as blue ink cards and about a quarter that many red ink cards as green ink cards. <laughs> the fourth, the yellow neon ink treatment, will be available as promotional cards through WPN premium local game stores. What's the real foil then? I what? don't know. What? I don't know what any of those words I just read mean. This is why. And that's the idea, right? We, we, yeah. we need I to think obfuscate so. what the rarity of the card is, just like we obfuscate what the value of the in-game currency is. Uh, cool. The emotional journey I just went on. See, I I like booster fun, right? Yeah, okay. The thing okay. that they talked about. I like being able to open a open a pack of cards and it's like, wow, there's a bunch of different stuff in here. That's cool. And I feel like the legal obligation to disclose the chances of finding a thing like this, which is good and I support, mm -hmm. but I feel like the having that legal obligation where they have to say, this is how likely you are to find these things, like undercuts that fun aspect. Because mm. it's like, I, I bet they would rather not talk about or maybe i don't know maybe they would maybe maybe they want people to know how rare and limited these are that's weird that's weird that there's that it's that di why why are certain colors uh, whatever what's what the rarity I, of the rare red one the isn't red. it more fun it's like <laughs> it's part of project booster fun that we make the rarity even more fun for you i want the red one but i do not want to have to think about it. i just Man, man, Hang does on, this get into aristocrats? Yes, but not for the reasons you think it do, does. The you think ability, it does, yep. The second ability, I think, is really interesting. The first one costs too much mana. It's going to come down to how much aristocrats wants another 4-4-4-4 four, 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 four that doesn't have haste. Yeah, exactly, right? Like, what am I cutting for, for yeah. this? Probably Nightmare Shepherd? Yeah, you could try this instead of Nightmare Shepherd. I'm not sure if that's going to work out. For for right? me, yeah, yeah, for for Hidetsku, right? Less than yeah, so it's four four on the ground, not evasive, not hasty. So, Doesn't mm, double your triggers. Yeah. So Cameron, to answer your question, mm -hmm. I'm just just to repeat what James said, but more slowly. So less than one percent of boosters contain a neon ink card at all. Okay. So first step, get a collector booster specifically, which is yeah. already. Quite a buy. Okay, get so a hundred collector, collector boosters. <laughs> okay, there's one. Right. So less than one percent contains a neon one. Okay. Uh, there are half as many green ones as blue ones, and a quarter as many red ones as green ones. Whoa, whoa, whoa! I just realized we're experiencing an LOTR spoiler because I like less than half of you half as much as you deserve. Yeah. And I like more than half of you twice as well as you ought to be liked. I didn't get that quote right. Sorry, but you know the one I mean. Well, I mean, Bilbo almost didn't get that quote Yeah, right. that's right. I mean, I got the Watsy Booster Fund version of it, right? Because it sure, whatever I said, it didn't make any sense at all. Sorry. Oh, man. Okay, so the one I would actually want is like, there's four of them on Earth. The most rare. Yeah. What What's yeah. that purple one you showed us? Is that just in the regular draft packs? That's my favorite one I've seen yet. That's the soft glow frame. Soft glow frame. Which, yes, that's just that's just normal showcase. I mean, normal. That's just like the showcase frame. Okay, so I can get this in lots of collector boosters. Yes. And it'll be cheaper than the other ones if I just want to buy it as a single. Yeah. Fair enough. Hidegetsu might get into Aristocrats. Uh, not worth the red one, <laughs> right? I think if at least you could. My tell opinion on Hidegetsu yeah. and Aristocrats is if Hidegetsu is your only way of uh, squeaking damage through. Oh, buddy! <laughs> I think oh, he's buddy. You're I, in a rough spot. My very first commander deck was Hidetsu, mm -hmm. um, mono red, just trying to give Hidetsu haste and then like activate it multiple times to kill everyone, or then also had earthquakes or something. It was and like. We thought when we first started playing EDH, like it, Commander hadn't been invented yet. This is like ages and ages ago. And I, I like read an email with the rules in it. And so I was like, oh, this Commander just kills everyone. I can just win the game. Like <laughs> as soon as I can get the Commander out, put the boots on, uh, deal some extra damage and activate it because it's going to deal 20 damage if they're at 40 or it needs to deal 21. So it's like you just have to have a couple extra points, just a few earthquakes or whatever, flame rift or something. Um, 
And I don't think that's how commander damage works. I honestly haven't really done any commander decks that do <laughs> commander damage, but they have to attack, right? Yeah. Yeah, okay. So I it's was going to be combat damage. Yeah, but like I definitely won one game of commander in like 2004 or something shortly after commander had been created uh, yeah. by like using the Sadetsku deck. Uh, so I think for that reason alone, and also my affinity with second right, I'm gonna have to try it out as a commander deck. Yeah, how many signatures on your second right? It's a lot. I don't know. I I got got that one back from Jeremy White recently when he was okay. like purging cards, and what about I covered the, uh, the whole front face. What about the with door? players, the door. Yeah, the oh, door door to nothingness. Uh, that's, how many people got shown the door? Right. I don't know. That's not me. That's a different. Oh, okay. That's a different. Who had the door that pet, was getting signed? Pet card door. That might have been Tyler Woolley. All right, maybe. One other animal let, maybe. <laughs> yeah. One other thing that was shown uh, often this thing is the uh, the basics. Yeah, and the basics look amazing. Hurt uh-huh. me. These these are not like a collector booster thing. These are the basics for the set. So good in each pack. Good. Yeah. Yay. Good. I'm in. I'm in. So these are in draft boosters. Get in my draft set box. These are in set boosters. Oh, in I'd only seen the planes. Boards. I'd only seen the planes. This oh, no. is very oh. Every every one of them is gorgeous. Yeah, these are Ooh. like traditional Japanese style uh, woodblock sort of looking stuff. Yes, yes, right? yes, yeah, yes. 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 That's a good swan. James is just, sorry to the audio oh. listeners, James right. is running through all of them. Oh. And we're just making Cameron and Nelson haven't seen them yet. We're the just swamp where it's raining? Yeah. I had seen the swamp and one of the plains, but not, not any of these forests oh, these or mountains forests, or islands. The, oh, the contrasting colors. The contrasting oh. colors. <laughs> yes. The Yukio E basics. I like that these are coming right on the heels of the Innistrad all gray full art basics. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. It's like quite you know, a contrast. In terms of yeah. like your your appetite, like your consumption of uh, of the, basic land art. It's like those were cool, but now these like really um, pop. So point of um, note here: one third of Neon Dynasty draft and set boosters will contain one of these. Oh, not, okay. not every pack. Oh, okay. Why? That's and still a lot, though. That is still a lot. It's okay. And every collector booster contains one foil. Huh. But no, oh, I, I see that now. Foil. Sorry, yeah. I definitely missed that missed that clause. Thank it's you, okay. James. Just Good do catch. 40 drafts. By the end of the season, mm-hmm. you've done 40 in-person paper drafts, and you got 40 basic lands. These are available in such numbers that it should be fairly easy to just, like, buy a draft set. Yeah. Or whatever. Yeah. So there's there's that. You got that going for you. <laughs> Which is nice. Can we see the uh, the 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 swamp again where it's raining? Can Put we just see the thank grave you. of the firefly swamp? Yeah. yeah, that's good. It's very good. Oh, I just like looking at it. It makes me feel happy. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm I'm glad we're ending on a high it's note. It's a nice then. swamp right there. Yeah, these mm-hmm. lands are gorgeous. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's a good swamp right there. It takes a pet like nothing. Right. Sorry, I had one thought I wanted to say about it. That's good. At yeah. least with these different neon printings, you can tell the difference between them. Like, there's probably someone who needed to collect all of the different Teferis that were released oh, alongside Corset no. 2019 or whatever, 2020 or 2021. That all functionally and identical. Then, can you imagine you're like the shopkeep trying to help them and you're like, yeah, I think you got all four, right? Oh, wait, no. Do you have two of the same one? I'm sorry, I can't tell. Ed, help. <laughs> yep. Oh, I forgot about that one. Yeah, at least it's like, okay, I have the red one and the blue one, but I don't have the green one or something. You know, mm-hmm. it's not like, which Teferi do I have? <laughs> ah. How many were there? There was There's so four, many. Right? There were four. Oh, were there like 16? Or there, there was, was just four, right? I think there's more than four. They're like all kind of identical. Who knows? No one knows. Not even Teferi himself knows how many copies of Master of Time. Oh, I see why different. there's so many. Sorry, because there's four different... Five. five. There's five different art. One, two, three. Yeah, there's five different... Uh, arts and then they're four or five this is messing me up there's some number of different arts and then also the alternate frame right or not right so there's yeah so there's versions of each one or whatever yeah there's four different arts available in a normal magic frame or the like inverted deep blue looking marbly one right Mm -hmm. so there's eight different versions of that and then also borderless Okay, there you go. That's too many Teferis, and that's only one Teferi. But that is it. That's that's our look back at 2021. All right. I don't know what we're going to talk about next week, because it's still going to be December. Uh, we're going to whine about alchemy more. Oh, that sounds great. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
but that's it for this episode of uh, Tap Tap Concede. I hope that you, I, whatever you played in terms of magic, whatever, however you, you engaged with it, I hope you at least had fun. I hope you had fun with magic this year. Yeah. Yeah, I hope you had the run hots. Yeah. If you're not, if you're just stone cold not having fun with magic, take a break. It's okay. It'll mm-hmm. still be here. Despite their repeated efforts, <laughs> they have not yet killed Magic the Gathering. Mm-hmm. I know Rosewater is trying desperately to do it, but no, it'll be it'll be fine. It'll be here. Take a break. Come back. You'll you'll feel really reinvigorated. Um and when you do come back, you can buy your cards at Card Kingdom. Hey, oh, hey, there oh, we go. Smooth. Ka-chow. Uh, cardkingdom.com slash LRR. We really appreciate their their continued support of the show and yours as well. And your support at our Patreon at patreon.com slash loading ready run. We have a store too with it yeah. for what you said earlier. We're we're always very direct. We're like, we have things for sale if you would like to engage in commerce. It's they're not the cheapest t-shirts you could find because we try to get nice quality t-shirts. You know, it's like we we we're we're very upfront with how we how we handle how we handle economy around here. Please uh give us money in exchange for goods uh so that we can continue to pay everybody. Yeah. Shipping it's is pretty very quick. Direct. It's maybe not Card Kingdom, but I yeah. just ordered a uh, checkpoint mug and got it yesterday and i had ordered awesome. it like i don't know two weeks ago whenever yeah. it was i was asking for mugs justins on twitter conceal oh. your meat oh, yeah. selves beneath our delicious shirts yeah <laughs> i was and looking into the wrong camera if you're in <laughs> if you're in the uk or the eu we are desperately working on figuring We're out trying. how to how to get stuff sent your way um it should be should be in the new year we'll we'll, we'll get there anyway until uh we talk to you next time i have been graham joined by nelson hi and cameron what James was over here on the board and Heather gets these online and thank you all for watching and listening and we'll talk to you next time. Bye.